Disagreements, the show where we can't agree to disagree. I am your host, Mike Cohen, and tonight our panelists are Darren Guttridge Hello. and Joe Turner. Hello. Now, Disagreements can never be called a show that doesn't evolve, and tonight we are shifting up the format uh, quite considerably from last week. So last week it was pretty, pretty negative heavy. It was the worst of everything. Uh, this week we are introducing two different uh, playstyles, best of and opinion pieces. Uh, we're also timing the rounds, um, so we're hoping to keep the ish. show li- ish. Mm. Trying to keep the show a little bit short, a little bit fresher. And um, we also are introducing the random number generator uh, into halfway of the game. Because I figured out how to make anything fun. Utilising spreadsheets. Yep. <laughs> there is no problem that Microsoft Excel... Into it. <laughs> there is no problem on earth that Microsoft Excel can't figure out. Okay, if you say so. That's the first argument we're going to have today. <laughs> strong one. <laughs> Best thing about That's the standard today. <laughs> Best thing about Excel spreadsheets is not our first round. However, <laughs> our first round... Okay, so let's just talk about the format. Uh, first round, first three rounds, in fact, are already decided uh, between us. Final round is already decided, and the three rounds in the middle are our quick-fire random, random rounds. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this show. Uh, so first up, round number one, Joe versus Darren. And you yes. guys are going to be talking about... Are you talking about the worst or the best thing about wrestling? The worst thing about the wrestling. The worst thing about wrestling. Give me the handshake. The worst thing about... The handshake has taken place? Yes. And now the debate bombs. begins. Okay, okay, then. Give me a second to get a quick timer on my phone. So the first three rounds uh, are ten minutes each. The quick fire rounds are five minutes each. So ten minutes, five minutes each. Darren, we'll start with you now. Okay. Now, my love of wrestling is pure and true. Everyone knows this. Uh, I have many problems with the product at the moment, but we're not going to go into them. If only there was a website you could go to that would detail my problems with wrestling. It's called ProWrestling.net. Go there. Um, right, my problem with wrestling. Oh, the plugs are coming out. My problem Cheap with wrestling. Awesome. Like Foley in the late 90s. Yeah. This is why it's going to be the best debate ever. Come on. Um, right, my problem with wrestling stems from a public perception point of view. Because. I often find myself defending wrestling because wrestling's fake and all that stuff. The thing that really annoys me, this annoys me about the general public and wrestling fans, is the refusal to classify it as a sport. This annoys me to my very core for many, many reasons. Chief among which are these. By the way, I am match fit for this argument. It's my favourite thing. Number one, it's on Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. Clue, it's in the title. Number two, rhythmic gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Yeah? If that can class, then anything can. Thank you. Yeah. Rhythmic gymnastics Golf. is... Dance. No, there's something very specific about rhythmic gymnastics that makes wrestling a sport. Right. Rhythmic gymnastics is essentially carrying out a choreographed set of moves um, and then getting judged on how well you've carried out those moves. That's wrestling. You're carrying out, not usually a preset. They can go through the matches and plan it all out. It's usually called on the fly. But it's a set amount of moves that then get judged. And it gets judged by Vince McMahon, it gets judged by the higher-ups. If you do well, you get rewarded, you get bumped up the card. It's not always the way because of politics, but if you're bad at it, you'll be bumped down. Um, and if Rimini Gymnastics is in the Olympics, it's a sport. True, but Rimini Gymnastics hasn't tried to give its own fictional reality to the situation. And that's because wrestling has improved upon Rimini Gymnastics with storylines about such things as corpse fucking. Um... Okay. Uh, paternal suits settled in ladder matches um, turkey on pole matches and so on turkey um, on pole yeah it used to be a Thanksgiving match they put a turkey on a pole the first person to pull the turkey down mm. wins not only the match oh I thought it was like turkey. they got two poles two turkeys and just went at it what as in like 
they tie like, them like, like Polish style. people or they tie pole <laughs> to oh, we can't go there <laughs> <laughs> no to metal apparatus okay okay so my least favourite thing about wrestling is everyone insisting that it's not a sport even though it really is mm-hmm. yeah no I, I do agree um, I've, I get it a lot of times a lot of people say they're not the best athletes and it's not a sport but they do have to be very very probably in some of the best shape of athletes in the world they do and they do work harder than probably have any other sportsman. Mm-hmm. And they have to, also another thing I read, um, even when they're not in the ring, they will still have to stay in character when they're out sort of, if they meet a fan in an airport or whatever, the Undertaker will probably still have to keep yes. his persona. And that's, and there is no, nothing like that. That's very um It's called unique. kayfabe. It's kayfabe, very, yeah, very you unique. Have to break the illusion, basically. And, and is that frowned upon to do it outside of... It used to be a lot more frowned upon. Now that everyone's getting smarter to the business because of online and stuff, it can be, but the Undertaker in particular okay. sticks to it religiously. Yeah, I know. Probably a lot of the old schoolers probably will do the same mm-hmm. as well. But a good thing is not not a lot of the characters will need to stay in character because The no. Rock, Cena, Batista, they're just being normal people outside of the room. So yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, my comment was going to be similar to that, but now that you've gone there and now that you've mentioned it, mm-hmm. the storylines... From now, compared to when I was a big wrestling fan in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Triple H, The Rock era, are completely ludicrous, it would seem. They some are. ridiculous things, some ridiculous characters. And the other week I was reading, I think I told you, I was reading about how they can't improvise um, mic spots anymore. No. O- only a few of the characters can, and a yes. few of the wrestlers can. So I'm not too up to date with it now, I've not watched it in a couple of years, but back in my day, the Every wrestler was awesome on the mic, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing they could just sort of let their persona shine through and sort of wingy when oh. they were talking to anyone else. But now apparently they can't anymore. There's only a few who can. I know Bray Wyatt can. Bray he Wyatt's allowed. Absolutely awesome. And um, he seems genuinely insane. But some people you cool. think would be allowed aren't. Chris Jericho has all this. I stuff Chris Jericho there. weren't allowed. And Chris Jericho's one of the best talkers. I know you don't know this. Yeah. But Chris Jericho's one of the best talkers that's ever lived. He's always been. I remember his first ever intro. And when he came in on Rory Jericho. On Raw. Yeah, and, and he interrupted the road dog, I think. No, it was Rock. He came out to. The Rock. Rock. But then the Rock slammed him. But then the Jericho just came out with it and it was a massive. And then did it, he kept doing it every week. And it was awesome. We're just enjoying this argument. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> conscious that, that I don't think Joe's actually put forward his argument. Uh, the argument is the lack of awesome storylines, which used to be. Okay. Uh, back when Vince Russo was the head writer. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to be the mastermind behind the Attitude Era when wrestling was massive. At its biggest, I'm going to say, probably. He was. There's, there's and now what's happened, yeah. and they've got a lot of unknown writers. I don't know if Paul Heyman's still there. He is. He's gonna... not writing, but he's there. Okay, well, I'm going to say it's not as good as the era when they had the professional writers no. and let them do what they want with it. Because I know Russo used to sort of wait to the last minute and then improvise with all of the characters and well, go well, with them. That's part of the problem now is that Vince rewrites stuff on the day of the show. Okay. It doesn't help. Vince. That's the problem. Vince, why is he even allowed to do anything? Because he's going to, by this point, he's going to be completely uh, sort of tunnel vision to making the most profit well, the, and not the best exactly. product. The problem is he's still in, basically, in, uh, got a death grip on the creative side, even though he's in his 70s. So he's not going to understand what That's you want ridiculous. to watch, what I want to watch. Yeah. And he, he went on Stone Cold's podcast recently and he complained that he's not out of touch we're out of touch. That's Millennials, as you refer to this generation, don't know what we want. We have no aspirations and goals. We're very unmotivated. We're very lazy. Okay. And we flip our allegiances constantly. Well, he might have a point, I suppose. But then again, he's, he he's going to be... He's out of touch. He's like the Louis Walsh of 
the wrestling world, I'm going to guess. He's so out of touch with the reality. He can probably never get back to that point no. where, he, where he was in when the he was early 90s. Undeniably, he's the greatest wrestling promoter who's ever lived. There's no no disagreement with that whatsoever. But yeah. you are right. He's so out of touch now mm. that I feel like I just want to help you win because you've got a better point than me. Just so I can try and sway you on my way. Because I do want okay. to win today. Because mm. Darren Guthridge wins. That's what he does. Um, the worst thing about like people not thinking it's a sport is like they're you know degrading it. And someone once tried to convince me that um, gymnasts, gymnasts are stronger than wrestlers because they have to hold up their partner. And I was like, mm. have you ever seen Brock Lesnar pick up the big show? You point <laughs> yeah, to one gymnast in the frigging world who can pick that fat tub of shit up. Mm. He weighs 500 pounds at his biggest and he did it off the top rope. He did it whilst dangling on two separate that. ropes. Yeah. He Seen broke as well. the ring. Yeah, yeah he has. Picked He's picked up Big Show and Edge at the same time at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. He's, to be fair, John Cena is ridiculously strong. Anyway. Yeah, he is. So, He's got no neck. He's got to the point where he's got no neck. <laughs> he He's just got shoulders and <laughs> no just head. Shoulders. <laughs> Have you seen Ryback? No. He's like a machamp given oh, human man. form. He has no neck. <laughs> Incarnation of Goldberg. Goldberg was the worst one. He had nothing. He no. didn't even have shoulders. He just yeah. had an upper arm. He just and then, had a neck. You see some of them have got like four shoulder blades yeah. and no <laughs> But yeah, so that's my problem is the, the denigration of it as a sport because MVP, who wrestled in TNA now, didn't know, he was once told by his doctor that wrestling is the equivalent to having a small car crash. They wrestle four to five times a week. He's in four to five small car crashes a week. Anybody who said that's not a sport mm. and not worthy of recognition as mm. them as athletes, as them as, think of the things they have to do. They haven't just got to, think of footballers, they play football and they go and cut a terrible interview. No one's saying, well, mm. his football was good, but he can't talk for shit, he's really boring. Mm. They have to be everything, Michael. That's why it's the greatest sport known to man and that's why I should be. Okay, very mm. quickly, Joe, do you have a closing remark? Yeah, say, back in my day, when it was uh, the, back in the Attitude day. Era, everybody knew wrestling. Everybody was, in, in my, my school days, everybody knew who everyone was, everyone knew what was going on. But now, I don't know anyone who watches wrestling as religiously as it used to be. And that's because they're not catering to the the demographic that they used to cater to. It's no, been they, completely overblown and now it is ridiculous. Because it's all PG now. They want, they want the kid PG. money. But they used to get the kid money anyway and oh then get everybody God. else's. No. And I understand you want to protect the kiddies from seeing like the corpse fucking. That's not mm. me making that up. There was a storyline where Triple H had sex with a corpse. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Kane had sex with a corpse Kane, and he yeah. fake had sex with a fake corpse. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Wrestling! Do you remember when Mae Young gave birth to a hand? I do. Yeah, that was fucked. Remember she... Big Boss Man stole the Big Show's dad's corpse? <laughs> 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 I don't make it like that anymore. Big Show is at the funeral and Big Boss Man Boss <laughs> in full wrestling attire <laughs> chained his corpse to the back of a no, van. He chased the coffin up in the coffin, sorry. <laughs> and Big Show jumps on the coffin. <laughs> My daddy! <laughs> and there just happened to be cameras there to catch you, obviously. And also, a mop once won the Hardcore Championship. A mop? Moppy and Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn. Because they think Perry oh Saturn was God. a dick, so they gave him a mop thinking that'll never work. So that's yeah. classified as one of the good storylines. <laughs> no, that's fondery, man. Yeah, All the time Crash Holly had to defend his title in a Go Kids Go. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got to call it there. Okay, that's the end of that round. Now got the best argument ever. I'm to pick the winner yes. from that because Darren made Darren made like a really good argument as to as yeah. to like the, the you know it's a sport. It's a sport both 
in the ring and out of the ring because you have to keep up a persona and you have yeah. to carry yeah. on. But, however, they, like, they I do like the fact... the two problems. Uh, so. if, if somebody said to me, if someone's going to choke slam a coffin, yeah. I would watch wrestling. Boom. They're not making like that anymore, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to... We're both winners here, Michael. I don't care if you <laughs> give me the point of You're both it. winners, but... Oh, the real winner is the Big Show's dad's corpse, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Um, you were around to see that. Oh, good gosh. That, that sounds news. brilliant. I just remember the line, that, you know, the show before that, Boss Men like, interviewed Big Show's mom, and she was like, oh no, he was born out of wedlock. said, you hear that? You're a bastard. And your mama told me. <laughs> right, okay. I've got, to, I've got to call the round. Purely because it's, it would make me want to watch it, because I don't like wrestling, I'm going to give the point to Joe. Yes, thank you very much. Bossman also once liquidated a dog and fed it to its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Remember the big bossman got hanged off a cell? He did yeah. get hanged. I, I was there. I watched him. You were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were there. You need to get into the big bossman. Let's move on Let's before move we discuss on. anything about liquidating hey. dogs. That was amazing. Okay, yeah, well, well talk um, to people for round. Well, okay, so our round, uh, which Joe will be judging um, next, is. Oh, he's got a notepad. He's come prepared, this lad. <laughs> Toes to the one page. <laughs> it's got a penis drawn on it. Fantastic. Okay, so Joe... I don't think he's super bad. I was drawing this veiny fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Give a point to yourself, Joe. Yay. Mainly for the penis. <laughs> Mainly for the penis, but also because you did win the last round. Um, so our round is one of our new opinion rounds. Yes. So uh, we're going to be taking conflicting opinions about the director, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Which should be pretty good. Looking forward to this one. Quentin. Joe, obviously you've got to keep us in check. Challenge us on our things. This round lasts ten minutes. Really? Tell, you, tell us who you want to start. First person to go, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, does one last time, so you can go first. Okay. Ready? Go for it. Right then. Uh, I'm of the positive opinion that Quentin Tarantino is still one of the best talents working in cinema today. Uh, you need only look at his past couple of movies and indeed his back catalogue to know that He's an incredibly influential director that's done a lot for pop culture and brought a lot of uh, dialogue-centric movies, which is something that you don't normally get at the box office. Brought them to the forefront, um, pulled some of the best um, actors and most well-known actors of today. I mean, Sam Jackson, all of your favourite Sam Jackson parts, lines, quotes, come from Tarantino movies. Pretty much much straight from Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's the best example, I find. However... If we're going to talk about what the best film is and why I think he should be recognised as still one of the greatest directors around, it would be *Inglorious Bastards, a film that manages to border the line between intense severity and suffering and still also... And you, slapstick. And slapstick. Yeah. You know, Brad Pitt kicking the shit out of a Nazi. Like, mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. You can have both of those. It's the film that discovered Christoph Waltz, who's now going to be in the new Bond movie, who is apparently maybe Blofeld. Very excited mm. for that. Just glad to really have Christoph Waltz as a talent. I mean, obviously, I know he got his first big break in District 9, but I think uh, his character in Inglourious Bastards is the better one. Christoph Waltz was in District 9? Yeah. Don't mean Oh, Hulk that's Charlton Copley, sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh, stop. Let's <laughs> not digress. Okay. So what about the, the worst spectrum of Tarantino films? <sighs> Death Proof? Etc. I'll be honest, I'm a death proof apologist. I think it's definitely his worst work and definitely his mo- most uninteresting work, but he made up for it by partnering with a similar director in uh, Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. uh, and t- did a lot of behind the camera work for Planet Terror, which of those two movies, Planet Terror is phenomenally good. Mm-hmm. And that's even one, that's one that I don't think Tarantino gets enough credit for. 
Tantino, like that movie had some of the best over-the-top comic book style action in what was essentially a grindhouse. It's a different direction from Tantino's usual stuff. Exactly, so yeah. it was not well received. And, it's, it and it's thanks to those two movies that we we now have stuff like Machete, which is going back and you know doing a, a deconstruct of those brilliant crappy B movies. But now you get, you know you can do them with higher production values. And with minds like Tarantino working behind the scenes, they become instant mm-hmm. classics. Okay. I, I love Machete. Um, Inglourious Bastards, I still think, is one of the best films ever. Love mm-hmm. that movie. And Pulp Fiction has done more for pop culture than I think any movie will ever do. Mm-hmm. Darren. Very good point. Go. One moment. Roll these bad boys up. Okay. Right now, I am not of the opinion that Quentin Tarantino is a bad director. I'll start with that. Django's awesome. Pulp Fiction's fine. Um, other stuff. My worst thing about Quentin Tarantino is Inglorious Bastards. Really? Okay. For one reason, one reason only. False advertising. It is called Inglorious Bastards, but you'll find out it should have actually been called French Woman Who Owns a Cinema. Because let's face it, the Inglorious Bastards were supporting characters in their own movie. You spend at most a third of the movie with the titular characters. The rest of that movie is awful. Okay, now Christoph Waltz, perfectly fine. When he gets at the big pipe at the start, that's funny, and he does a good job. But again, you're like, okay, I just want to watch the Inglorious Bastards go and get this guy. But no, you have to spend time with the boring French woman who owns the cinema, and her, like, the Nazi guy who's trying to pull her, and, and, and then, then she like, does like, some plan with the black guy who runs the project, something like this. See, I can't even remember it because it's so goddamn dull. I have... I've never walked out of a cinema for any movie ever. One of the closest times I ever came was in Glorious Bastards. When the Bastards were there, it was awesome. But I was I went to watch I was expecting one movie and got something I would not have gone and seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give you this. Shoshana is the worst thing about that movie. That's the character. She had a name. She had a name. And, 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 I, the cinema. and I remembered it. That's the worst thing. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, she's the most uninteresting thing about about the film. But she does serve as a crux for a lot of characters who wouldn't normally have come together to come together and can give you some of the best, best situations. Uh, okay, but... Right, Ocean's Eleven doesn't spend all of its time with Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia is there to serve the point that he's he owns the casino that gets them all together. But you want to go and watch... A group of lads that look like cool dudes go hang out, be funny together, and then go and pull off the mission. That's what Inglorious Bastards should have been. It should have been Ocean's Eleven. Instead, they were like, I'm trying to think of another movie where, you know what it was? You've both seen the new Godzilla, right? Yep. That was the same. You were thinking, this is going to be Heisenberg versus Godzilla. Yeah, they killed the wrong character off. They did. They did. Oh, spoilers, fuck. But it is not B. Cray versus Godzilla, because B. Cray's gone in the first ten minutes. Mm. Same thing. I was that's what I was hyped about Godzilla for. I was like, Brian Cranston's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I like ninety eight Godzilla more than most people really legally should. Mm. It's gonna be awesome. It wasn't that, and that was my problem with that. There was lots of dialogue in that movie. There's a bit in the cinema basement or a basement somewhere. Mm. That is dull as shit. Even by Hang on, are you talking about the, the standoff when uh no, he orders the three drinks? When the standoff starts the four hours of dialogue that precedes the standoff. I was what are we doing? This is even bad boy Quentin Tarantino going on a bit rambly to begin with. No, because that that's what that's what's great about that scene, because you don't realise for like for the first 
two or three minutes of that scene, everything seems pretty good. But then one of them just goes, you're not actually German, are you? And it's just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And, like, shit and obviously he's like, hey, who's my cover? Blah, I don't understand. And then when it comes down to the German three against the American three, mm. that is so clever. That scene is so tense. That scene is so well written. And many, like many other okay, scenes in that movie. That's a good point. Every director's always got a bad sort of film in their repertoire. We all know that. Yeah. As we learned from last week, Christopher Nolan. What else is there about oh, well, Tarantino? Oh, Interstellar, Decimation Bond. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Sorry. <laughs> is there anything else about Tarantino that you wouldn't want to that you want to talk want to about? Because it. you can't base it on one thing. Okay, okay. Because everyone's got a bad film. Well, I find his foot fetish is distracting. Um, <laughs> oh God, actually, yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino himself. He's a bit of a dick. He, I was going to mention his personal life. He's, he's a, a bit of a dick. dick yeah. He's very racist in a very white guy way. He's very like when he, he talks to black people. He's another sort of out of touch celebrity as well. I've seen him in interviews and he's, he's off his tits. He's he not is. sure what's going on. And I don't know why that is, whether it's a, a sense of entitlement or a sense of, sort of well, uh, uh, being I, better than everyone else. Or... I think that's what it is because he's so been wrapped up so much in his own, you know, he, he gets praised every movie he's ever put out with the exception of the one you're on about. Gets like mm. critical plays at the wazoo, so he's going to get mm. a bit of an ego. That's excusable. But I have a perfectly valid counterpoint to this argument. Go on. I will not be the first person to say that Quentin Tarantino is a saint because he isn't. He is a dick. Yes. However, I don't think he's completely racist, completely out of touch with world cinema. When it when it comes to other people, he, he's a bit standoffish. I'm not. I'm not going to. So the cinema's not the only thing he knows. Yeah. That's what he's best at. Yeah. Two perfect examples of this: Kill Bill. A perfect rip on uh, Chinese and Japanese martial arts movies. Um, Kill Bill itself is a perfect blend of stuff like uh, Enter the Dragon and Seven Samurai. Mm. It's so perfectly well done, and it does prey a lot on those um, those conventions of that style of cinema. The other the other thing, Django Unchained. Now we're coming back. You love Django Unchained. Right? I really like Django Unchained. Perfect <laughs> rip on. I don't know if we can get away with saying this, but the black exploitation movies. Yeah. Perfect rip on them. Yeah. And. Um, okay, maybe there are examples of him being a complete and utter, you know, complete and utter twat to people. Yes, mm-hmm. but I would say that the the medium of his films is the way that he does redeem himself because it shows that he can and mm-hmm. has willingly shown his ability to understand different cultures. And you never get two Tarantino movies that are the same. That's why I'm doing that's true. That's all very true. But I've never forgot what I promise. <laughs> However, I will concede before Darren does bring it up so that I don't get a point against my argument that his next movie is another Western and I'm kind of going without him. That's his personal favourite genre though, isn't it? I've read that about him. Apparently, yeah. He loves yeah. Westerns more Apparently, than anything else. Oh, yeah, the, the Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah. Which does seem a well, bit like if this isn't a sequel to Django, I don't know what yeah. else As he be. said, he's going to retire pretty soon as well. He's going to stop making movies. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do any more. Apparently, he's doing yeah, Hateful yeah. Eight, one more and that's it. Okay. So he's probably getting to the age where he should bow down yeah. And, and retire otherwise he's going to make a crock of shit eventually he did he's that already. Touch already he's, I, I think he's in the unfortunate, posi- unfortunate position that unlike Stanley Kubrick he won't be battling any terminal illnesses mm. whereas Kubrick was taken away in his prime and stood didn't have a decline Tarantino may have a decline coming soon well, he's got two I really more don't chances want to have to a decline you've got two more chances to have a decline I think he's done far more for cinema than he will ever do against okay, okay. closing okay. in 10 minutes uh, ten minutes. <laughs> ten seconds, you mean? Huh? No. Ten minutes. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I thought, I thought you said uh, another ten minutes. Go on. Um, right, so, your point, Mike. Mike? 
No. That's Michael. Who Anthony? We'll cut this out. Vaguely interchangeable. That's the name of our new podcast. Cut that out. Okay. Don't think it should be good such a prolific, 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 prolific director from just one film, one bad film. He's done a lot of good. Interstellar it's last a, week. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, Interstellar we, and we, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, okay, Dark Knight Rises is as bad as you made it. Yeah, I agree with that, but that's that's another issue entirely. Okay. So, um, based on what me has made a lot of good, he's made uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, two great films, Kill Bill, mm-hmm. Under Still Dawn, my favourite one, because of the oh my God, incredibly yes. awesome ending. He was in that. Twist. I forgot that he directed it. Yeah. No, wasn't that Rodriguez? That's Rodriguez. Was he? Rodriguez directed it and Tarantino starred in it. Tarantino wrote it. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, still, we can sort of class that as one of his... uh, Yeah, yeah, he's had a hand in it. Okay. So there is that. It's just one film out of a lot of good. And his really good films have gone down in sort of pop culture and will always be there. And, you know, everyone knows. Yeah. Your point... Uh, I'm gonna go with Mike on this one. That's okay. He's well, I was hamstrung because you know I do like Tarantino movies, but I yeah, wanted to be the I took the devil's advocate, and I do genuinely believe that Inglorious Passes was a bad movie. Fair mm. enough. And you really even, even if it is, I love that it, still means Tarantino okay. is still to be I get treasured. To you people. Yes, you do. So right. round, round number three, uh, coming up to our the last of our prepared rounds. Round number three is between me and Joe, and me and Joe are going to be discussing. What are the worst aspects of the music industry? So, Darren, you start the clock and decide who's going first. Who do up judging the music round? Let me think. I've got a couple. I think your argument from earlier is a perfectly good one. Um, I, I've okay, one. okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. You good? Yep. Okay. Don't start now. Okay, so my problem with the music industry is I'm a, a diehard sort of rock heavy metal fan. So I've always been raised with that sort of thing in mind. And this is the one thing that heavy metal artists don't do, is put their name to sort of products. Un- unless it's musical related, like guitars or instruments or whatever. Or beer. Or, or beer, yeah, beer. But that's, unless that's, you're that's, 10 and you sell your own. It's perfectly fine for the sort of heavy metal culture. But um, I recently, well not recently, about a year ago, I picked up a pair of Beats headphones by Dr. Dre. And I was expecting sort of... Sort of you know, like it was listening to the Beatles for the first time. It wasn't because I wanted to the Beatles. So this is heavy metal. But, <laughs> but when I put them on, I expected to be able to hear everything, like the advert says. But it wasn't. It was just the same tones as regular headphones, but with some guy's name on it at an inflated price of quadruple the price. I think what's the why is that? Yeah. Um, just because he stops his name on shit. I know I'm supposed people to be. People want to buy you. I know I'm supposed to be. And arguing you've worked against with you. probably selling them to consumers. <laughs> yeah, as, as somebody who, has worked in a large electronics retailers, they are bullshit. Who's <laughs> evil? So not to name any names. <laughs> uh, what yeah, I was going to say. Coughed. Coughed. <laughs> and do you sort of upsell them to the cons- to the to the customer? Or? I personally don't, but I know people who do. And are they supposed to? Or that, do they have to? Are you told that it is shit, or do you know that from sort of experience with you, you know that from from? I don't know just listening to the, pro- the problem is, is that they're selling you technology that doesn't really exist. You don't need, yeah. It's uh, technology has been existed for twenty years. I mean, there's, there's such thing. There's such thing as a good speaker, but it literally cannot improve the quality of the file you listen to. If it's today, if this is going to sound a bit audio wanky. That's because it is. But if you're listening to, say, like 128 kilobit a second MP3 file, it will not sound as good as a 320 kilobit per second or a FLAC file. No matter what it's coming no, through. No, it doesn't matter what it's coming through. It all sounds the same. So I'm gonna, that's the first first and last time I'm going to agree with you because I'm working on the Thank you very much. 
It's uh, it's not just headphones, but that is the main thing that sort of started my, my hatred for such things. There's other things, the perfume and whatnot. It's just slap a, a woman's name on it, sell it to everyone for twice the price, and it makes a shitload of money. Mm -hmm. uh, mu music should not be about such things. It should be about a bunch of men or, or whatever, a bunch of kids in a van driving around playing small shows until they get talented enough to make a an album that sells well and then that's when they get successful. Not manufactured shit and and product based rubbish. For some reason I started getting Scooby Doo flashbacks when you said a bunch of kids going around in a van. Orange mystery man. <laughs> that's okay. okay. I've got that's some points I'm gonna bring up to you, but Michael, go get your foot in the door first. Fantastic. So my point, what I believe is the worst thing about the music industry and I say this as a fan of film, is movie licensed songs. Now, movie licensed soundtracks, different thing entirely. Um, so, notable exceptions to the rule are Daft Punk's uh, Tron Legacy soundtrack, which is incredible, um, and also uh, Pinball Wizard, which, again, is exempt from the rule because good songs from the outset. I'm talking about when a movie takes a song um, and ha has either an original song made for that movie that is terrible, or takes a song and shoves it down your throats and alters the band image to reflect this film. Best example I can think of is the two times that the Lincoln Park, the Lincoln Park, no, Lincoln Park, um, were brought on to make music for the Transformers movies. However, I liked the first song. Yeah, New Divide's good. No, 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 I'm not talking about New Divide. New Divide's the one I'm going against. Their, their first one is they had What I've Done um, oh. for the first Transformers movie. Now, I liked what I've done. I am an apologist for that album, which is Minutes to Midnight. I, mean, I liked that album. But then they changed the music video and cut the song horribly mm -hmm. so that they could shove more images of Shia LaBeouf and Optimus Prime down everybody's throats. Like, Can we not? The last thing we want is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I, yeah it's like, before that, the video was them like singing in a desert or some shit. Yeah. And it was a longer cut. Mm -hmm. But basically, they cut out all the solos. They cut out all the interesting parts of the song. Mm. And just to shorten it, and they cut out half the video so they can shove more Do you brilliant think it works publicity. Better for everyone's favour, it'll give more exposure to the band and more exposure to the film. Linkin Park does not need more exposure. Yeah, Everyone knows who Linkin Park are. Mm. When it comes to like original songs for film as well, there are some notable exceptions to the rules. So musicals don't count in this case, mm. for okay. example. But we'll come to Linkin Park again. New Divide, um, not in any way related to any of their other. Songs. Yeah, Linkin Park have always been a solid band throughout their entire career. They've always given what they say they're going to do, which is sort yeah. of... Depending on whether metal. or not you like that, is your own taste. But they've always... New metal and they've always delivered. They have always they've delivered. never got worse. However, bands, actually, however, New Divide is the exception to that rule uh, because it was a song that didn't feature on any of their future or past albums. It was a song specifically made for Marco Bay's Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, one of the worst movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. And it sucks because, like, how can we make some vague rock lyrics to, like, relate to this movie about fighting robots? I don't know, let's put in about half an hour's worth of work. Mm -hmm. The video sucks as well. It's literally just, what can we knock up in After Effects? Mm -hmm. um, although I probably shouldn't talk about music videos because that's another thing that's entirely. Another problem, yeah. um, I, did, oh, I had another good example in my head for a second there. Uh, Paramore, okay, okay. Twilight. Let's move back to... Oh, okay, I've got points for you in budget. Well... Both of you seem to be grudging people making money. You don't seem to want musicians to make any money because, as you should, as you know, like you know, the music industry is very hard to make money out of because of piracy and stuff. So there are but, ways to make money other than easy sticking your name on but, some perfume. Okay, That's my so point. and headphones. But do you not agree that 
beats aren't sold as amazing. I don't know this. I'm just genuinely asking this. I don't. I've never seen a Beats advert that comes out and says these are top quality studio headphones that will the enhance your music. Because it's a fashion statement more so than it's technical. Pedagogy. It is. It is now. Music. Before it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Before it was mm. here, the bits, the bit, the bits of the music you aren't hearing, which is complete marketing horseshit. Now it's just, now it's just pictures of people being happy with headphones on, yeah. and it just goes big, and that's it. Okay, okay. So, so if you're saying if someone's going to make a product, say if someone put time and effort into it, say Dr. Dre had actually made these headphones, made them as good as he believes them, you'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that if he sort of negated the high price. Why does it have to be two hundred pound for something that you can get for five pounds? Because it's, it, nothing is worth a sort of two thousand percent increase on, on mm-hmm. price. I think it can't be two thousand percent better. Maths ain't too good on that one. No, <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, <laughs> not really. Yeah, not but really. I once paid thirty pounds for a comic book, so there is that. That, that is completely different, though. That could be anything. It was the first ever Gambit issue of X Men. So yeah, no, that's a collector's item. I'm going to be displaying these Doctor Dre beats on my wall in a glass good cabinet. Point. Okay. Okay, well, you, Michael. Yes. I believe I can fly. Space jump. Shit. Space <laughs> jump. Oh, but fuck. Now, so um, are you including themes under this as well? Because those are music made specifically for movies, like the Superman theme, the Indiana Jones theme, Star Wars. Da, 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 no, 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 no. Soundtrack and scoring is its own beast. I'm talking about when you get a band uh, or musical artist that was already pretty prevalent, and then just go. Can we have one of your songs to promote one of our movies, or can you make a subpar song to promote one of these movies? Like, why can't it be about the artist? Okay. Well, but are you more agreed with <laughs> disagree with people taking old songs and or taking old songs or relatively new songs and then bastardising them for movies? Or are you more about okay, no. banding to do original songs? There, there are movies that can take existing songs and made them their own. I know it was I knew it was going to happen at some point, but Guardians of the Galaxy did that fantastically with their... We get it, Michael, you like Guardians of the Galaxy. And also, coming back to Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs did its absolute best to claim a lot of its soundtrack for its own self. Like, Little Green Bag now has its own identity post uh, Reservoir Dogs. It now is the cool walking song as opposed to just a song that was produced in the 70s by the George Baker selection. Hmm. It's, it takes on a new life. However, stuff like New Divide doesn't take on its own new life. It's like, this is a song we made for the Transformers and not for anything else. Or like, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to argue that they shouldn't be popular. I'm arguing that there should be effort. Scott, like Adele, um, the theme for Skyfall, again, themes don't count. Mm-hmm. Theme for Skyfall, fantastic. But Joe but, did, no, no, quickly. Joe did point out that when they repurposed Paramore for... Twilight. Twilight as well. That's fucking horseshit. Because everybody knows who Paramore were. They were the height of popularity. I don't think you can just dismiss Skyfall and say, oh no, that's part of the soundtrack. Because that was an original song made for the movie by a band. That's what you're arguing against, Michael. Yes, but that also fits into just the Just because it's good doesn't mean you're going to go, no, that doesn't count. No, no, no. no, no, like, good. Like, no. Okay, okay, okay. Bond themes are a musical staple anyway. Mm. Whereas there was nothing in the book, no, not that I've read it, but I'm pretty sure there's nothing in Twilight about, and at the end, Paramore played. It's like, mm, why? Hmm. Why? Okay, well, it's, we're coming up to the end, so, okay, so think, here's, here's my feeling on it. I can, think, can, can I just say a footnote oh, to that? A, foot, a footnote <laughs> to the argument is, is is that they don't make a cultural impact. That's my footnote. There you go. But, okay, well, just to decimate your argument a little bit, I do think they do make 
a cold tree, in fact, because everyone still knows I believe I can fly. They don't believe it comes from That's one that. example. Okay, no, I can, I can, <laughs> no, all the way he's arguing, I think I can think of loads like Kiss from a Rose is from a Batman movie by Steel, and you've got. Um, Do you remember the Spider Man 2? Oh, Twilight had a Bruno Mars song that was fantastic. Did that, it? That, yeah, uh, when. Um, if it rains or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it was that good. What was that? Every day, You're talking to a Bruno Mars fan. So, anyway, um, I think yours is. I'm going to give the point to Joe. Yes. Yeah. I, I think he battled it Because I yeah. think it's inside the realm's possibility that good stuff can happen, in any way, shape, or form. Because um, um, Every Day of Rain was an original song for Twilight, I think. It was on his album, but it was made for specifically for Twilight Mind. Uh, I believe on a fly again was made for Space Jam. Kiss or Rose? <laughs> was it really made for Space yeah, Jam? Yeah, it was. It was the anyway, and even repurposing them. Because think of the immigrant song remix they did for uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Very to the Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right. It's beautiful. Whereas your argument, I think I was more in tune with because it does annoy me when they do. Yeah, it affects the us. massive markup of stuff because, especially if it's being advocates, I have seen beats be like. They don't go out of the way to make it think this is just a fashion statement. They are kind of trying to get you over with the music quality and that's not there. So, I'm going to go with Dell. See, it wasn't magnanimous. Okay, so we're going into the second half of our show with um, two points for Joe, one point for me, and nothing to write yet. So, Darren, you need, you need to be a thing in the 90s with like really good love songs coming out with like children's movies. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, so <laughs> part two of the show, part two of the show where we uh, go into <laughs> where we go into the random rounds. First random round being between Darren and Joe because you were competing against each other in the first round. So this is going to be a best of round, and you're going to be competing to see what the best thing. Uh, bear in mind we have got like about eighty different selections for this so far because we are still yes. building this uh, so you're going to be arguing what is the best thing about the UK you've got five Ooh. minutes for this round uh, and we're going to, to start with Darren because he hasn't started a round so off you go five minutes no, I started the first round did you? yeah okay we'll start with Joe then oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you think the birth of heavy metal was in Britain that's good it's good it's good, good. Tiger's confidence metal, um 70s, we've got Black Sabbath, we've got Led Zeppelin, we've got Iron Maiden, we've got much more. <laughs> others, <laughs> etc. Um, amongst others, Saxon, Judas Priest, um, I was going to say Dio, but he's American, so I've done So yeah, and, and it's sort of been a staple of, well heavy metal, is, people know it began in Britain. To be fair, I'll accept Dio as part of Rainbow, if that's... Uh... Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Stop it! <laughs> yeah. People sort of, all, all foreign bands that come over all know that uh, England and Birmingham in sort of general is birthplace heavy metal and always has been and will be forever. That's right. Good we, night, England. I mean, they're not allowed in anymore, apparently, but... Uh, that's good, that's good, that's good. The British sense of humour. Mm. Mm, the really? greatest in yeah. the world because we are yeah. naturally miserable people. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know who agrees with you? Who? Matt and Trey, say fuck. Yes. They even said the British sense of humour is the best Because in the we world. are so... Because yeah. right, the Americans are very highly strung. Just to pick on the Americans, because, you know, mm. let's pick on the Americans. They can take it. 
they're very highly strung. They don't get sarcasm. They don't get irony. You know, you could insult an American sarcastically, and it'll take them three weeks to figure out that you don't like them. Um, so, I think every, our shows are funnier. Our general attitude towards life, it might not be as overly positive as the Americans, but that makes it better because we have It's the miserableness that makes it funny. The love. Such as the office. And the reveling in the misery. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. We can do it better because that's why, you know, um, Americans all find us hilarious. Even though, even the unfunny ones among us, they find us hilarious because it's just, it's their way of life. It might be miserable, but it's okay because it's funny to laugh at misery. When it pisses it down, it's snowing you to work, it's hilarious. So that's the best thing about being British. We have the greatest sense of humour known to man. That's a so Go on, Mike. That's a good that one. was good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you, you've still got three minutes to argue your points, but I think, really, you've, you've done it. I think you've really put forward well, some fantastic well, to arguments. to kind of, to... If I'm going the offensive, you don't mind me doing so. Um, yeah, shut up. <laughs> the thing is about heavy metal, it's very good, but it's just one facet of rock music. Because... As Pete and the Bon Jovi fan I am, we've got glam. That very much came from America. They've contributed a lot to rock and roll. So, whereas I think the British sense of humour is so, you know, universally and uniquely ours, that makes it something... Because everyone from around the world can appreciate heavy metal, but British sense of humour to truly get it, to be in on the laughs when you see an English guy in America killing it but they're kind of only half laughing but we're in state. Yeah. It's uniquely errors and I think that's what's better. Joe, do you have Feel free to attack. I think he's no, I think he's got this one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come back to him. I, I wish I'd have thought well, of that. I haven't actually won yet. I wish I'd have thought of that one. Wait, well I'm going to decide you. No, you have one. Yes! Oh. That's a point to Darren. Motherfuckers. The, I love that uh, there's not many things yeah. to like about the UK but that the fact that we have the greatest comedy in the world. We do. We, we just do. I mean, was, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, if Darren hadn't thought of that, I think Joe would have won. Yo, I, anyway. do. I would have been all for that, but. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I especially. Not argue, yeah. I mean, the strongest point about your argument was the fact that you localised it to around here as well. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, that was we're brilliant. All, but we're all winners today. We're all winners. Everyone here's winner. Okay, then. So it's back to the random number generator. So the next round will be between me and Darren. Oh, wow, that t shirt's awesome. I know I mean, nobody can see it. It's my Pokeball Death Star. That's pretty awesome. That's the two favourite things in one t-shirt. That's fantastic. Okay, so this next round is going to be another opinions round. Uh, because apparently we are very... Are we going, from, are we going from column A or column B? Let's go column A. You want to go from column A? Okay, then. Column B. Uh, this one. So we're going to be sharing our opinions on shoes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> on new shoes. This is going to be okay. a struggle, this is. I'm going to... Okay. Okay, I can do one thing to say about shoes, good or bad. So good luck. Um, so we have to have conflicting opinions. Um, I'll go best of. You want to go? You want to go for good things about shoes? I'm going to go for bad. I've got something bad about shoes, actually. Oh, yes. Okay. Bad about shoes. Yep. So Mr. Who's, Mike who's, Owen. Yep. Am I starting this one? Go for it. Okay. Here's why shoes are bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm starting <laughs> the, the best sentence you've ever said. Mike wins. <laughs> okay. One point. Go on, Mike. Shoes are the one thing out there on the market right now that the dedicated shops sell the most pointless shit ever. Think about it. Like, you go to a game shop, it's like, I'd like to buy a gaming console. Fantastic, here you're right. I'd like some games for that. Do you have any other accessories? Yes, here are things that enhance your game. Brilliant, I can take a leave that. You go to shoes, it's like, I would like a pair of shoes. Great, fantastic. What's your size? Sort your size. There you go. Would you like to buy this spray that stops them smelling like shit? No. Well, it depends how much that spray is. Fifteen pounds, you can fuck right mm-hmm. off. 
Yeah. It's, and the fact, as somebody who. Uh, as somebody who wears shoes. As somebody who wears shoes. <laughs> as, as, an av- shoe as an avid shoe wearer. No, no, as somebody who. Um, a shoe enthusiast, if you will. No, I, I got a job very briefly in the a shoe shoes. store at university. I then had to give it up because I had to come home due to some stuff. But it's very high pressure. Like, more high pressure selling for in a shoe shop than you would expect in an electronic shop. We're we talking men's shoes here. Um, We're being different ball bag. Ball bag? <laughs> <laughs> different ball different bag. Ball game entirely. <laughs> Different ball bag. <laughs> no, that's yeah, the other thing. Different, different ball, ball bag. Different bag of balls. Entirely. That's no. pretty different. Well, no, gender Okay. The other, the other thing. So, like, you get the stupid ass spray, which doesn't do anything. Yeah. Insoles, which is why would you not just buy a shoe that fits you to begin with? Or another shoe. Or another <laughs> shoe. Yeah. And stuff like, like, okay, boot polish is. Fair enough, but you might need in a situation you do need shiny shoes. Mm-hmm. The point is, why would you not just buy a shoe that doesn't take as much upkeep? Yeah. Surely you want a low-maintenance shoe that's going to last you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you also have to get new pairs of fuckers every couple of years. Okay, we've come to two Bullshit. minutes of Mike's shoe debate. So. Do you know what Tiger Woods' confidence is, Michael? Yes. Because Tiger Woods knows he's going to win. And he's then going to have sex. Shall we repeat? That's what I have right now. Because if we... The apart best thing the, about apart shoes, from the different ball bag. Yeah, that... The best thing about shoes is, if we didn't have shoes, our feet would be dirty and we'd been stabbed in the feet by bricks. And that's my argument. That's why we need shoes. And if we didn't have shoes, where would we be? Sandals. The worst thing known to man. A form of shoe. Prosecute. Well, yeah, but I'm talking like the traditional shoe. If we didn't have these in the cupboard, we'd have to have sandals. Or Prosecution rests. Really, that's it. If we didn't have shoes, we'd have dirty feet and be in pain. This is supposed to be an opinions about. Not that is my opinion. Your opinion is that you just. Oh, I like them. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. The best thing about shoes is the variety in which you can get them. If there is no man, woman, or child alive that couldn't go into you know the city of Birmingham and find a shoe that they adore, I have them. all of my shoes. I really adore. love a shoe. You can no. I mean, like you can get a shoe like this. It's like my Riddler shoes. They glow in the dark with little green question marks. I've got the big Riddler up here. Announce that on some public radio. <laughs> Fantastic, they're amazing. You can go it and no matter what you need them to do, you can find running shoes. Shoes look good, shoes that fit your nice. Fantastic, they're multi, they're not like you so know, running shoes, look good shoes, look good shoes, and work tight shoes, tight work, shoes, shoes. work shoes, slippers, no, sandals, fuck sandals, um, slippers, awesome slippers. slippers. Oh, I do love slippers, exactly. You can go it and get fucking slippers, are amazing. They're they're shoes are fantastic. Yeah, is it not bullshit that there's so many different varieties? Why do you just get one that does the lot? No, 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 because that is the point. Because you can specialize them to what you need them to do. Yeah, you could probably go get one that just does everything, it's a bit black, but then you can get something like the green tick and some blue stripy shit. Yeah, but they're all so expensive oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, but that just because right, just you can go here and I can go to Birmingham and never find a pair of jeans because jeans are fairly boring. Okay, hang on, um, very very quickly just to interject you. If we're talking about upsailing here, fucking Uggs, Mrs. is mad for those. They're hundreds yeah, of pounds. A lot of ugly ass boots. Very, they are awful. Yeah, and they require more upkeep than any normal pair of shoes. A vote for Michael is a vote against being stabbed in the feet. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you have a look at some Mitt Romney shit over here? There's a question. Do you go? Look at your friends and look at their shoes. Because you know what women do. Yeah. We always say, look at their shoes. Aren't they shit? Aren't they a different ball band? And say their shoes. Okay, but I'd still, if someone was wearing a banging pair of trainers, I'd be like, that's a banging pair of you, trainers. You make the conscious effort to look at a man's feet. No, but if you catch like 
Judge Judge by Quentin. The fact Quentin Tarantino, probably not. I think it's 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 it's. I just like shoes. Well, that's the end of that round anyway. We've managed five minutes of talk about shoes. Jesus, entertaining talking about shoes. Apparently, we're all heterosexual. Yes. What do you think if we walk down the street and we see one shoe in a gutter? What we saying? Um, I like that because I like to think how we got there. <laughs> also, the ones that were over the telephone wires. How? Where does it come from? Do you and it was never over the outside one. It was always in the middle one. Yeah. That takes skill, how Michael. Does that happen? You can't do that without shoes, which is what you're arguing for. Ooh. You couldn't do it with slippers oh. either. I shouldn't have you said that. You couldn't do it with slippers either. Though. Slippers don't have laces. You couldn't do it with any laced, unlaced shoe. If you got Velcro, you're fucked. Not able to There's no Velcro. I don't mention Velcro. Velcro's fucking awesome. No need to just bang. Pumps. Done. Oh, why? Good old pump. Pumps. Everyone's one of pumps at some point. Oh, see, I hate shoes. I hate fashion. This is going to be a biased opinion because I don't, I don't okay, like clothes. Okay. I'm like, I'll go naked if I could. Shoes are a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, They're a whole different ball bag. like an accessory on your foot. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Daz. Tiger Woods confidence, Danny. I don't even care. Win repeat. I don't even care that we lost because we somehow managed a whole round on shoes. So that's something. That went well. Tiger Woods confidence. That was okay. I'm I'm enjoying the random the random game. This is good. good. Okay, now let's see. This is uh, okay. So our next round, our last uh, random round. So we're waving goodbye to the random number generator after this. Bye, random number generator. Bye bye. So we're in this round. It's me versus Joe. And we're going to be talking about what is the worst thing about shopping. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good round. Okay, have a ponder. I'm ready. Go, Joe! Ready, it's a little bit. Slower shoppers in front of you. You know, when you're in a rush, you get in. Now, I'll go to Morrison's for two things, bread and milk. I go in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and strategically, the bread and milk is often placed at the back of the store. So you have to go all the way around. Yeah. To get stuff. It's a psychological principle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go there, I have to go through the entire shop to get there, and you always bump into someone with a big fucking trolley in your way, and you have to sort of manoeuvre around, and they can tell you're in a rush, but they still don't move, and you have to sort of manoeuvre around the fruit and veg, get to the back, and then make a straight line to the bread and milk, and there's always someone in the way, always a, a mum or an old woman with a kid, and it does your tits in. Also, the, it's a saying that the self-service checkout, there's always someone who doesn't mm-hmm. quite know how to work them. Someone that was someone in the oh, way. Yes. So you're saying the worst thing about shopping is other people. Other people being slow at doing the yes. task, which is quite simple. I'm afraid, Michael, you just played the blue eyes white dragon of arguments there. So <laughs> even unless you've got an exactly the forbidden one to pull out, you're in oh. trouble. But go for it, Michael. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of is it's it's a, it's a, it's a dual sided coin. It's the the process. As most coins are. Yes. The the process of upselling. And overzealous customer care. Now you've probably been. God, he's doing well. You've probably been into a situation where you go into a shop, and straight away someone's coming to serve you. It's like most situations you'd probably appreciate this. Yeah. However, we due to several different. Um, I'll only appreciate that in hospitals. (laughs) Someone (laughs) coming to me. Okay, so yeah, you. Some people would appreciate that. Most people don't want to be bothered. Or strip club. Or strip. You'd want it there. Well, actually, you I'm don't. I'm that shop. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, oh, give him the point. I'm joking. No, I want the point. Um, so, you hate being approached straight away. You haven't even had a chance to look. You've just breathed into the doorway. <laughs> and the way, How can I help with you today? It's like, 
I would just rather like to have a look, make up my own mind, if I need further information, I will come to you. However, they've had this drilled into their heads by uh, their managers and their owners that, and they will be assessed on their performances. They won't make any dollar. And you've got experience this. I've got experience this, this, that you don't make any extra Start dollar buying. unless okay. you tell them to have things. And that's, it's deception on the part of the companies, and it just, it makes you uneasy as, as, a, as a shopper. You can be watched. Yeah. Exactly. So here, here's an example. Say you want to go and look at, I don't know, some tablets, for example. Well, not not like popping some yeah. pills, not some meds, but like, oh. like Samsung and and Apple, Apple? And, all yeah. that okay. and all that. So you want to go and look, you want to go and compare. So you think, what? I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have a play with them. I'm going to see what I like. I'm going to ask any further specs. Then we'll get down to it. So first you go over there. I guarantee you there will be somebody trying to persuade you to go for an iPad, the highest possible spec. Because if you sell that with more money, and then they're going to chuck in some other shit, like, oh, you want a case for that? We've actually got a bundle, our branded bundle, which gives us more money. Um, yes, obviously, maybe it shouldn't be a problem as the other people making money. I think the problem is being sold things that we didn't want, that we didn't have time to think about not wanting, mm-hmm. and just ruining the customer experience by, you know, pushing our money not into the products that we want, but you what really we've been want told that we want. Unless you, you go really, in to buy that. If you think is, some people know they want to go in to buy that. Not everybody, though. I have seen somebody upsell an old lady from a £15 crappy piece of shit camera to a £300 DSLR and not felt remorse. I find that abhorrent. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. That one the He's done well there, though. I didn't think yeah. he could do this, but... Okay, Joe, you've still got some time if you want to make a closing remark. Well, I agree in, in, a, much, uh, in a lot of aspects. However, with, when you go into such shops, you're there to take time. You're there to you're giving, you're give it 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. In my situation, food shopping, you, you're in a rush. You've got to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's always that one person. Again, it's other people. But in your case, other people as well. They're in the way. You're in a rush. It just slows down the process of life. I've got places to be. I've got stuff to, I've got stuff to invent. You don't know that. <laughs> and, they're in my way, and they're in my way stopping me from inventing shit and stuff that we need yeah but say you want I need to invent the iPad <laughs> you need to upsell you need to a lady yeah I mean, okay that's, but that's yeah. the circle of life that's one good side. night England <laughs> I can't argue against that I've got to stop drinking <laughs> okay okay decorum 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 uh, both very good arguments gentlemen very well done but I'm afraid a little bit of personal bias is going to have to come into this decision. Oh, great. The point is going to Joe. Thank because you. Because that is the bane of my life. When Thank you very much. Oh, no, always, it is all. Because they always stand at funny... I need to do it then. That's not going to help for my friend. They always stand at funny angles, so there's no angle of attack. If they're just stood in the... You know, looking at their stuff on the shelf to the side. Same, but they park in the tr- like the trolley yeah. at a 45 degree angle. Then the old woman's like... <laughs> Anybody with a trolley or a buggy are the but, fucking but worst. To, why I went for... Because you made a very good argument. That was a good one. But I having been someone who's taught other people to do upsetting, when you see it pay off, it makes you a little bit happy. And it I shouldn't, still though. And I, love, I know it should I still love the process. I would have given the man who upsold to the fear of the camera a goddamn high five. Because that is capitalism and it's... God damn best. In the words of Ron Swanson, capitalism, who decide who is smart and who is poor. Anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I miss upsetting. There's a very subtle art to it. I taught it myself by using the Jedi hand motion, but that's beside the point. Complete. Um, okay. 
So as, the scores? as we head into our final round, uh, the scores are three points to Joe, two points to Darren, and one point to me. Oh, to so play for. It's the crucial Well, basically, it's one of us has got a big Joe. Yes. Our final round today is who is the worst stand-up comedian? We've got 50 minutes for this round because all three of us are playing. We have to come to a definite um, decision as to who gets the point at the end of the round. If it's unclear, we go into a quick-fire tiebreaker. All clear? Clear. Yes. Excellent. 50 minutes starting from now. Who wants to go first? Should we do a spin the pencil? Yes. Spin the pencil to see who's going first in the final round. I just realised it's, it's got two edges, so that's... That's, that's me. Is this going to work? La, 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 la. This isn't going to work. It's, it's rubber. Okay. Okay, more papers is... One, two, three, then we go. Okay? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Oh, sorry. Can you do it again? Okay. Up. It's a one, two, three, three and then shoot. we go. Sorry, yeah. okay. One, two, three, shoot. So you lose. You have to go first. I have to go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, worst comedian I can think of is Russell Howard. You have to do some good convincing. No, it's all about the argument strip, not opinions. Okay, now, I've, I haven't watched much of his stuff, I'll be honest. Um, I watched the other night, do his, his good news bullshit. And he does the thing I really hate. He stretches out uh, a joke for minutes, way past the point where he gets funny. Now, he was talking about a squirrel photobombing a, a picture or something. And then he just kept doing an impression of a squirrel for about five minutes. And he just sort of stretched it out for way too long. The audience was still laughing, but you could tell they were sort of courtesy laughing, as if to say, come on, get on with the next joke. Maybe he's building up to the next joke being really funny. And then he's doing the thing that I hate as well. It's sort of like... So like a middleman between something funny and the audience, he's not providing the comedy. He gets pictures of things or headlines and shows them to people. That's all he's doing. He's not making a joke about it. He's just sort of showing you things that are already funny, like Dave Gorman does. He just puts something on the internet and says, oh, look, isn't this funny? Isn't this really funny? Look at me showing you it. It's not him making jokes, as would Jimmy Carr, Peter Kay, Michael McIntyre, etc., the proper That's comedians. That's a solid argument. You just bring up one of my big problems with... Yeah, I, I do hate the middleman. Okay. Do you want to go next? Because I'm ready for mine. You go for your okay. Now, the person I'm going to pick is not objectively the worst stand-up comedian. That is Miranda, but that's scientific fact. This is, this is someone who, in seeing their stand-up comedian, has tainted all of their other work retroactively. That's Noel Fielding. Noel mm. Fielding is awesome in The Mighty Bush. I love the Mighty Bush. It's fantastic. He's also been everything apart from luxury comedy, from what yeah. I believe. But, well, this is the thing. He came on live with the Apollo, and I was like, oh my God, Noel Fielding doing stand-up. This should be awesome. I saw that, yeah. And it was awful. He did was doing an impression. Fly? Yeah. yeah I and it was like, he did a 10-minute bit on being a fly and mm. doing like his, the Vince Noir, like, Mighty Bush random stuff. Mm. But it was like, painful. It was like... It was confusing. It, the audience didn't seem to get it No, really it was, well. he, they, yeah. he com- was completely thrown off. He didn't really connect with anything and now it's made me like like now I'm like watching the Mighty Boo show is this all Howard Moon slash what's his real name oh uh, Julian Barrett is this all he's doing and is he steering the ship is it like he's got like no films the idea generator but he needs a filter mm. so he needs no what what's his name Julian Barrett he needs Julian Barrett to filter all that stuff because now I'm like now I've seen new Noel Fielding stuff and I'm like, I don't know, because I tried to watch Luxury Comedy and it was terrible. Oh, Luxury Comedy's And I'm now like, it's, it seems to stem from his, 
his comedy has now made me apprehensive to somebody who I used to find genuinely funny. And sometimes he'll show up in like he was on the last leg, and he had he was the best episode of the last leg ever because he was he was in a tent. Not saying funny outside of context, but he was in a tent for the first fifteen minutes, and it was the funniest he's been in years. It was hilarious. But yeah, his stand up in comparison to other work is terrible, and therefore makes everything else bad. Mm-hmm. Michael, I was struggling with the decision for this one. Uh, I did want to go for sort of like a personal vendetta I have against a certain comedian called Tim Vine, who I think is the unfunniest oh, you, person. Oh, you're not going to have your Tim Vine hatred yet. I, I still don't like ago. him. However, he's not my choice. Oh. Not my choice. And like you pointed out, Miranda is unquestionably the worst thing, but oh, she's it. But we can't all. She's a woman. We can't. <laughs> oh, not that point. Oh, but we can't. We can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't all pick Miranda at the end of the day. So I'm going to pick somebody who I think has tainted comedy. Um, luckily, hasn't left a lasting impact on the comedy at large, but has left a resounding impact on me. Is just the lowest that stand-up and TV shows will ever go is Lee Nelson. Oh, yeah. oh I hate He's Lee wank. Nelson. Oh, I the, like um, Lee. No, um, it's a man who has managed, a, a fully grown man who has managed to take on the assumed identity of this, of this weird sort of like chavvy man-child. And the humour does not hit anywhere above, above, don't kids talk funny and aren't kids gross. That's it. Those are your two jokes, especially for like when he got his own TV show. And they had this side character, just this fat fucker. Oh God, yeah. Just... That, look, and the, every joke's just, check out this fat fucker. Isn't he fat? It's like, no, this isn't comedy. Try structuring a joke. I don't want to give any props to Dapper Laughs, but at least he could deliver a fucking punchline. Mm. Even, you know, those those vines are awful, but at least they had a definite beginning, middle, and end. It wasn't just, Way! and that's all of his jokes. It's just, hey, what, yeah, what noise can I end this sentence with to make people laugh? Mm-hmm. No jokes, no structure, mm. nothing. Mm. I think he's... Instincts as a comedian, when you saw him on the catches catch can kind of on the fly type of stuff, was actually very good. But I do agree that the character is flawed because he had some very 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 funny lines in the in audience participation bits of Lee Nelson, mm. where he was thinking on his feet and he was he was bashing at the past. Yes, but there are other people doing improv but way he's, better. Okay, okay, I'm not going to argue in your favour because that's annoying. Um, okay, we're we all happy with our arguments. Does anyone want to add anything more? Feel like I'm we could happy. add anything. Luxury comedy is pretty terrible. Luxury comedy is awful. Oh my god. Because then we have three TV shows to compare. And I'd say objectively that Noel Fielding's luxury comedy is by far the worst of these three. Even worse than Lee Nelson. No, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. At least luxury comedy's got sort of Richard Aoyard to sort of make it a little bit better. Yeah, I I think whereas luxury comedy leeches off the people he knows and his connections, Lee Nelson relies solely on the fact that he's the star vehicle and. He's not a good star vehicle. I don't mm. think he's even star quality. The man is bargain basement. Like this, this is a guy who, if someone gave me his DVD, that's an insult. I'd slap him in the face. That's not. It's not a fun show for anybody other than the people who just laugh at farts. Mm. Like, can we not be a little bit more creative? Farts are fucking funny, but mm. a cleverly structured joke, you know, from the British way of humour, oh, is far better. Okay, are we all? Are we all done? Yeah, well, I think we might. Right. I've got. I know who I'm voting for. Do you know who you're voting for? Do you know who you're voting yeah. for? Yeah. I think I do. Okay, I'm going to give my vote. Will go for Michael, because I do agree with all of your points you make about Howard. Uh, yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but I still find him 
funny today. Lee Nelson, I did have a bit of a guilty pleasure for the show, but he's now become like a um, a rebel comedian, like someone who the system shut out and he's now trying to get back in. Yeah. So like he crashed the X Factor, he crashed Sky Sports News Transfer Deadline Day, which is a sacred ground that you do not go in. Um, he like turned up in his football guys and was like jumping with the cameras and doing stuff. So that kind of shit annoys me. So, Michael. Um, I am going to give my point to Darren. Uh, based on the fact that, yeah, I think Noel Fielding has gone hella downhill. And um, n- I had to put aside my personal thoughts on Russell Howard because I do like Russell Howard. However, the whole grabbing headlines and showing the, off the, 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 the first... Uh, you don't like it. However, I, I do like Dave Gorman. I do like that aspect. And mm. if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have mocked the week, which is shit now, but was once a staple of British comedy, I find. So that's oh, the, I do the, like Mock the Week, yeah. That's, that's the reason good. I've given it the points down, just because I couldn't agree no, with that's, that. that's fair enough. Um, uh, Joe, to decide your challenger in the bounce ring. <laughs> oh. I'm going to give my point to Mike, I think. Oh, he's picking the weaker apparently. Okay. He picks it up! <laughs> yeah, he picks okay. it up! Yeah, I, but things, I really like Noel Fielding, because I think he's been really funny in everything he's done, apart from that stand-up. If you sort of know where he's coming from because he, he loves surreal comedy obviously really that's, that's his go to sort of thing and he, he, I read into you and he said when he's struggling to, to perform he'll just default to surrealism he'll yeah. just do something completely out there and confusing but then he does alienate quite probably a lot of his fan base but he's got a sold out show across the UK so he's doing something very right. good point okay so he's doing something so there is a lot of people who probably enjoy the surrealism and some of it in the Mighty Boosh is okay but yeah. I know the Mighty Bush is fantastic. Best lines. I love Mighty Bush. His, his voice, his delivery of his lines. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best thing about him. I still find him inherently a funny person. I do. I just think. The big fat quiz of the year. He was really funny. Oh, he was awesome. Buzzcocks. He's great on Buzzcocks. The goth detectives. Goth awesome. detectives. He was awesome. Oh, I forgot about Russell Brand's early sounds were god awful. His later ones. Oh, the nice. ones after the ones where he got busted for the Jonathan Ross win. Especially mm. the one immediately after that. It's a work of genius. Yeah. Anyway. Messiah yeah. Complex is really good as well. Awesome. So he had the opposite of Ricky Gervais, who had two really good shows and then had two terrible shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's now you two. Ooh. Is it though? I think. Yeah, because I you won no, that round. I, th- I know, I think there's a pretty clear winner with from this show. No. Was there not? No, because no. you were on one point and you've now gained two. Ah, uh, yes. Win. That's a point. No, I have made a level pegging. We're all on three. We're all on three. That's oh! Why. Well, okay. I guess we're all. For you, so yeah. I guess we're all going into we're the final in. round. Yeah. Right. Random number generator time. Oh, this is going to be difficult because we can't vote for. We, we, got, we can't play. You know. Okay. We can't play politics. So we're going to write all of our votes secretly on our phones so that we can't yeah. change them at the last minute. Yep. And then we'll reveal them all at the same time. Okay. That works for yeah, me. That work for so yeah. it's going to have to be a, a best of or worst of. Okay. Um, TV. We'll do a best of because our last thing was a worst of. Okay. Okay, so we'll do a best of um, and our topic for our quick fire round, which we will have 30 seconds to think of an answer and the best answer wins, is on topic, the best thing about vampires. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> best thing about vampires get get scribbling guys so you've got 30 seconds starting from vampires. now best thing about vampires is the they're one of the things that used to be awesome because I've been raised on if you look around I've been raised on horror books horror films since I was a kid and the best thing about vampires is Barlow from Salem's Lot and he was a badass motherfucking vampire he sucked blood not cock as 
as, as Descendant has happened. Uh, so yeah, now these days, we've got the shitty-ass Twilight vampires that are big faggots, you know, mm-hmm. got emotions. And this badass vampire, Barlow, from Salem's Lot, there's a scene where he eats a man's lips off. He bites a man's face and cuts his lips to ribbons. And that nice. is the most badass thing ever about vampires. And it was sort of like back when vampires weren't really. Uh, it was written in the 1970s, Salem's Lot. And it was sort of vampires not unheard of but not really put in modern fiction up until then and Stephen King took it and he made it a badass icon a badass figure called it there exactly a minute well done okay mm. you're next you please go next okay, okay then and I'll start my minute now the greatest thing to come out of vampires is the goth episode of South Park one, oh. of, one of the funniest episodes that not only <laughs> that not only ragged on how crap vampires were at the time because they once were a fantastic staple of gothic culture <laughs> but ragged on ragged on the the stupid emo subculture that derived from the gothic subculture which is pretty good it ragged on the music it ragged on the fashion sense it ragged on the sacrificial elements that they were trying to replicate with bloody ribena or whatever the hell they were doing it perfectly summarized and came to a head i find in that show and it then took the shine off of Twilight, if, Which if you will. Which episode was it? It's, it's, the the but- one. it's the one where Butters gets oh, inaugurated oh, to the vampire. Where it's like, where it's like, groundable. Yes, yeah, ungroundable. Yeah, yeah. They did another. You one. cannot ground with that which doesn't exist. They did another one after that as well, with the emo one. Wasn't aware of that one. Yeah. I'm talking more specifically about the ungroundables. So <laughs> I think because vampires got oh, awful, that is where it became good again. That's my argument. Bang on one minute. Okay, let me just detail my problems. Now all I can think of is the vampire bit of the Treehouse of Horror episode. <laughs> we have to kill the boy, but he's a vampire. He's a vampire. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I can also only think of the vampire that was in the music video for Backstreet's Back Alright, because it's a really oh, good no. song and there's a vampire and a monster. But, right. And I also can't remember the name of the movie I want to name. The one with Ethan Hawke and, and Sam Neill in Dave Warner. Dave Brain, Dave Brain. Da- Dave Brain. Oh, I've got it. Blade. I forgot about Blade. Do you want to go for Blade? Go for Blade. A minute on Blade. Okay. This is why Blade's the coolest thing, okay? Some motherfuckers always want to ice skate uphill. It's a fantastic quote, means nothing. Um, <laughs> think of how badass the opening scene of Blade is. That's specifically what I'm going to say. The nightclub scene from the first Blade movie. When you've got all this murder and then all the vampires come. And then Blade comes to stop them because Blade's a badass and he does that thing with the shuriken and he cuts all their heads off whilst the uh, the Blade club music's rocking everyone's like, yeah, this is the coolest thing. Um, I'm only speaking about Blade 1 and 2. We don't mention Trinity. Um, and Blade's just a cool character for many reasons. You know, he's a he's a, a black character in an overwhelmingly white world. He's got a really cool origin story that's quite unique, that he was he's half human, half vampire, all the strengths of Eva, with none of their weaknesses. And Blade's cool. He made... He made trench coats cool again after the goths ruined them. And the Matrix. There we go. And the Matrix improving. Fantastic, well done. There's time to, have to go with the Backstreet Boys. Time to give so it point, time to give it points on our lightning round. So, um, Wait, let's all write down our choices so we can't change yeah. it at the last second. Okay, then. I still had the Power Rangers music video loaded up on my phone. That's good. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, um, okay, I've voted. Okay, I have also voted. Uh, okay. You voted, okay. Voted. Uh, for... Clarity, would you put him down on the table? I voted for Michael. I voted for Joe. I voted for Mike. Oh. Yes, he takes the show! 
Safe Park wins. He comes from behind to win the show. Safe Park oh. wins. So is that 4-3-3? Three, three? That, that was a really good argument, Jazz. Thank you. When Safe Park's mentioned, Safe Park it wins. can't be touched. So. I, do, I, do, I don't blame you. Yeah. Safe Park wins. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Matt. I was going to go all deep and personal. Like, yeah, they're a really good symbolism for, like, teenage angst, and that's why they actually work in the Twilight movies. Then I realised I'm arguing for Twilight. So obviously, man. Yeah, you would have lost that one. Well done, Michael. And Jax. Thank you very well, much. Well, 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 that means well, I am the master debater for this week. You are the master debater. That's I am. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to the second episode of Disagreements. If you'd like more of this, you can head over to our SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com forward slash Fail Entertainment. Alternatively, you can just go to our main website at failentertainment.com. Darren, I know you want to plug, so plug. Uh, you can follow me at that's the G or go to my website, thegoodridgelog.co.uk. Also, if you want to suggest topics for us to whack onto the... Um, Spreadsheet, leave in the comments below, we will put them on there as long as they're reasonable. Onto the spreadsheet. Yeah, sure. Cool. We, can, we can also visit us on, twit- on Twitter at, at FowlEMT, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fowl Entertainment. You can also send us directly uh, your suggestions via email, FowlEntertainmentUK at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening to Disagreements' episode two. We hope to see you in the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.